Before we get into the message tonight, I just wanted to mention again that any of you that did not get these on Sunday and you would like, I brought some of the Revelation postcards. These are cards that we've made up for you to take to invite yourself to the Understanding Revelation seminar on Saturday, September the 16th. It's got all the details on the back. And then we'd like you to take another one so that you can invite somebody to come with you. The only thing is that we ask is that it's free, lunch is provided, but we need to know how many are coming. So you or your guests must RSVP, which means if you invite somebody, either you've got to RSVP for them or they've got to do it themselves. Now, as we did on Sunday, uh, there's a sign-up sheet on Sunday and will be up till the time of the seminar, but there's also a phone number, the church phone that you can call and register as well, as well as at our website. So, a couple different ways to do it. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to leave these over here, and after Bible study, any of you that like to take some, we have more. All right. Psalm 121 tonight, probably the most familiar of all the songs or psalms of ascent that we're going to be looking at over the next uh, couple of months. Let me just quickly review what the songs or psalms of ascent are all about. They are a group of psalms within the book of Psalms, from Psalm 120 through 134, so 15 psalms. And they were used by the pilgrim travelers who would leave their homes and go up to Jerusalem three times a year. In the spring for Passover in the early summer for Pentecost, and then in the fall for the Feast of Tabernacles. And as they were traveling together from all these different places, they would sing these songs or psalms of praise and worship to the Lord. Now, as I said last week, the word ascents literally means to go up. It's a, it's a climactic progression. It is going up in elevation. And we said that no matter where these folks were in Israel, you had to go up in elevation to get to Jerusalem. Jerusalem was the high point, not only physically, if you will, or geographically, or topographically, it was the high point spiritually. And all these people were excited to come out of their homes and travel along these roads all around uh, Israel to get to Jerusalem, to go to the temple together, and to worship together. In fact, next week we're going to look at Psalm 122, which talks about the joy of corporate worship. It's when the psalmist says, I was glad when they said unto me, let's go to the house of the Lord. But that's next week. This week's psalm is all about our security. And security is probably the number one issue in the world today. Everyone wants to be and feel secure. So the question before we look at this psalm tonight is this. Where is our security? Or who is our security in? And this would have been obviously very relevant for these travelers, these pilgrims, as they went up to Jerusalem because they had to go over some dangerous places. They had to go through some dangerous places where there would be thieves and robbers and whatever. And so security was an issue for them as well. 
Now, when it comes to security, either our safety or security is in God, or it's in everyone or everything else. It's one or the other. Either our security is in God, or it's in something or someone other than God. Now, before we actually get into this psalm and share some thoughts, I'd just like to read it to you. It is a great psalm. The psalmist writes, Psalm 121, verse 1, I look up toward the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord, the creator of heaven and earth. May he not allow your foot to slip. May your protector not sleep. Look, Israel's protector does not sleep or slumber. The Lord is your protector. The Lord is the shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day or the moon by night. The Lord will protect you from all harm. He will protect your life. The Lord will protect you in all you do now and forevermore. Even within the Psalms or Songs of Ascents, this psalm would really be called the Traveler's Psalm. And anytime even that you and I are out and about, this is a good psalm to keep in mind. Anytime we're thinking about people who are traveling and, and maybe who are away from us or whatnot, this is a good psalm to keep in mind. You'll notice as we read this, that the psalmist really describes God in several different ways. Now, the most, uh, I guess, prominent word that he uses for God here is protector. He uses it six times, and we're going to talk about that word tonight. God is our protector over and over and over again. In this psalm, he talks about that. But he also, in verse 1, talks about the fact that God is also our help. He's our shade. We're going to talk about that. And he's also describing here towards the end of the psalm that God is a hedge, if you will, that surrounds us. Now, one of the other things that is prominent here in this psalm is the, the, the name, I guess, that he gives to God. That he uses over and over again to describe God. And it is the Lord. Capital L, you'll notice, capital O, capital R, capital D. It is different from capital L, small o, small r, small d. That is Adonai. That speaks about, in a sense, you know, the almighty, mighty, great God. But this is the covenant name for the God of Israel. It is Jehovah, you see. And that is the prominent name that he gives to the Lord here in this psalm. And we'll see why in just a moment. But the other description of God here is that he is the creator of heaven and earth. And what the psalmist wants to try to build into his fellow travelers as they were traveling toward Jerusalem was a confidence in God being their security. That he would watch over them and take care of them as they traveled from all these different places in Israel to go to the temple in Jerusalem. And the same truth and the same reality that he talks about God here is also true for us as well. We can apply 
every one of these principles to our own life and to the life of those that we love and those that are traveling and whatnot. So I hope that this will be a psalm that you keep in mind and maybe meditate on and read quite often. Because again, our world, and for obvious reasons, is obsessed with security. And there's so many people today that are fearful, that live in fear every day of what's going to happen. Whether it's with terrorism or, you know, North Korea, nuclear war, and all these kind of things. I mean, everybody in the world is obsessed with security. And the psalmist is trying to sort of point us back to the fact that, again, either our security is going to be in God or it's going to be in something or someone else. So with that, notice what he says in verse 1. I look up toward the hills. From where does my help? Or literally, a helper for me, one who will give me aid where does it come? Now, there's two different ways to look at this verse. And neither one is right or wrong. It's more just a preference. The one way to take this is, is that as these travelers were headed toward Jerusalem and would look up to these mountains that they were traveling through and stuff, that they were ominous. And they realized that there could be dangers lurking in those mountains. And there could be thieves and robbers waiting for them in those mountains. So as the psalmist says, I look up toward the hills or the mountains, that's not a positive thing. That's sort of like, that's a cause of fear. But then they go on to say, but I know that the Lord is greater than those things that are lurking there in those mountains, and so I know I can trust in His protection. The other way to take this verse is that as the psalmist looks up to these great mountains, that he realizes as great as these mountains are, and they, obviously, mountains sort of give us a picture of strength, you know, that the psalmist is saying that, but these mountains are nothing compared to my God. My God's even bigger than any mountain. And so I draw security, if you will, from the fact that my God made these mountains and they're nothing to Him. He's far greater than that. It really doesn't matter where you lean. Again, neither one is right or wrong. We can't draw an exact application from the Hebrew here. So it just depends on which way you lean as to how you take it. But the principle is this. Whether you take the mountains as a source of sort of fear because of what could be lurking in the mountains or whether you take them as but these are great and God created them but God is greater. The bottom line in verse 1 is that he's saying the Lord, Jehovah, is my help. That's where my help comes from. That's who I have as my helper. The one who will come to my aid as I travel toward Jerusalem. And I would just like to remind all of us, God 
is our helper every day. He is there to provide help and aid for whatever we need. All we have to do is look up and look to Him and ask for His help. My help, verse 2, comes from the Lord. The reason why it's significant that the psalmist here uses Jehovah, the name uh, for God Jehovah, is because, again, that was the covenant name for the God of Israel. And what that reminded the Israelites of was, again, His faithfulness. That He established covenants based upon His promises. And that He could be trusted. That He was dependable. That He was reliable. That He was a covenant-keeping God. That He was a loyal God. And just as we talked about Sunday, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, there would never be a time where God would change and would renege or go back on His promises or His covenants made to His people. And so when the psalmist says, my help comes from the Lord, it's like he is reinforcing the fact that God's a constant. God's always there and His help's always there. Because He promised me that He would be there for me, and that He is willing to help me. The Creator, He goes on to say, of heaven and earth. The word Creator is an interesting word. It literally means one who has accomplished something. Yeah, I'd say that's pretty good. God accomplished, get this, the creation of the heavens and the earth out of nothing. You realize that's what Genesis teaches. That God started with nothing and then created everything in the universe out of nothing. And so the psalmist says, that's my helper. I got a God who can create the entire universe. It's so big, it's so vast, I can't even get to the end of it. I can't even fathom how big it is. And yet, He did all this out of nothing. He accomplished that. And if He can accomplish that, He can take care of you and me. And everybody that we love, you see. In fact, God reinforces this sort of fact about how great He is and that He's capable of of taking care of things throughout His Word. In the book of Genesis, God comes to Abraham and says, Abraham, why is Sarah laughing when I told her that she will have a child when she's old? Is anything impossible for me? See, God wants us to get that. He is the creator of the heaven and the earth. There's nothing impossible for God. Then to the prophet Jeremiah. He came to Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter 32 and said, Jeremiah, I am the Lord, the God of all humankind. Is there anything too difficult or hard for me? And that's in the context of God was saying to the prophet, one day, Jeremiah, the Israelites will be scattered all over the world. And I'm going to bring them back and reestablish them in this land. And at first, Jeremiah and the rest of the Israelites, how is is that even possible? Well, we know it's possible. Because God did it. In 1948, Israel became a nation again. 
after all these Jews were scattered all over the world, God brought them back and reestablished them in the land. And so God says, it's not difficult. It's, it's not like there's something that God's ever going to be confronted with that's, that somehow like stretches him like, oh my goodness, I, I, I don't know how to figure that one out. That's too hard of a problem for me, God, to figure out. Never. And so the psalmist is saying, where is our security? If we put our security in the creator of the heaven and earth, and we do believe and trust that he created everything in the universe out of nothing, then do we not believe that he can keep me secure? Is anything impossible for God? Is anything too difficult or hard for him? So, in the first couple of verses, I think you see here that the psalmist is saying, My Lord's power is ever before me. Whether it's through creation or the mountains, if you take verse 1 a certain way, that the psalmist is saying, God's power is ever before me. And if I just acknowledge it and recognize it, then I can sort of even feel secure in his Watch care over me. Then, look at verse 3. May he not allow your foot to slip. He's saying here that God will guide our steps. God will guide our steps. And it also means that he will not allow us to experience a fall from which we cannot get up. Let me repeat that. Not only will the God who created heaven and earth be our helper, and part of his help is that he will guide our steps. So think about it in the context of the psalm. As these travelers are leaving their homes from all over the nation of Israel and headed toward Jerusalem, they're basically singing about the fact that God is going to guide us along our way and also He's going to make sure that if we do fall, we can get back up from that fall. It is never going to be a fall experienced by His people that we cannot get back up from. That's very important. You know, obviously, we're not perfect. And can we fall? Absolutely. But the Bible teaches us that as God's people, as God's children... He will not allow us to experience a fall from which we cannot get back up again. Let me give you a a pretty prominent example from Scripture. Peter, denying the Lord three times. That was a pretty big fall. One of Jesus' disciples, in fact, the leader of the disciples, he denied that he ever knew the Lord at a very crucial time and obviously the Lord's life. And yet, that wasn't a fall that he couldn't get back up from. In fact, Jesus had plans for Peter that Peter would end up learning so much from his failure and his fall that he would actually become the spokesperson for the disciples and he would become probably the most prominent preacher. And that God would give him another opportunity to sort of redeem himself. And in the book of Acts, you see Peter just standing up and stepping out and 
preaching Jesus and thousands of people coming to know Him. So it reminds us that all of us are going to fall. But He will not allow us to experience a fall from which we can't get back up again. Because who's our help? My help comes from the Lord. And God will reach down and bend down and lean down and offer His hand and say, come on, let's get back up. Think about Elijah. Elijah just was sitting there in his pity party saying, God, just kill me. I just want to die. And God let him sort of get some things off his chest. And then God said, come on, Elijah, let's get back up. I got more for you to do. We will fall. But we will never experience a fall from which we cannot get back up. And then I love this. He says, may your protector not sleep. If you're trusting in, the psalmist is saying, anything or anyone else but God, I hope he doesn't fall asleep on you. Because he says in verse 4, look, literally it's the word behold. Certainly, surely, Israel's protector does not sleep or slumber. He's saying, here's the great thing about God too. Being our security and our protector. He never becomes drowsy and nods off. So it's not like there's ever a time in our life where somehow God's up there. It's like, oh, wait a minute. Jeff was in some terrible thing and I, I, I was asleep. God never falls asleep at his post. And then the word slumber means that God will never be lax or lethargic in his duty towards us. You think about that in contrast to even those of us who are followers of God. Many times we can become lax and lethargic in our relationship and our fellowship with God. But the Bible teaches us God never becomes lazy, lax, or lethargic towards us. He never takes a second off. He never, like, you know, gets distracted from you know, running the universe and keeping everything sustained and going and watching over us. Never. Because you think about it, if God took a second off, the universe would implode. And so God never becomes lethargic towards us. He's always super attentive to us, watching over us every step of the way. And that, that was so important, again, for these folks who again would have to travel not only during the day, but sometimes many nights. And some of them had to travel not just for days, but weeks. So they were out there in the open, open to the elements, the weather, and, and like I said, bandits and thieves and robbers and, and maybe even falling rocks and all these different things. There's all these things that could consume them to worry about on their way. But God is saying, I've called you to come to me in my temple in Jerusalem. Now trust me to protect you. It is a reminder to us that if God calls us or commands us to do something, He'll watch over His servants. We don't need to be scared or fearful about what's happening to us if we are living in the center of God's will. God will watch over His people. And then I love this. Verse 5, the Lord is your protector. 
He is our watchman who is always awake, alert, and attentive. And then he says, the Lord is the shade at your right hand. Just like here, we can identify with this. Because in that part of the world, the heat and the sun could just fry you. I mean, it could. Shade was so important. And so he's saying, God will be your protection from the sun, in a sense. God will be your refreshing shade. But there's another term here, and that is that the word shade also means that God will be our defense. Whether it's against the sun or anything else, God is our defender. God is our keeper. God is our protector. He will defend His people. Again, our protector, our watchman, who's always alert, always awake, always attentive, to everything that's going on. So he says in verse 6, the sun will not harm you by day or the moon by night. He's saying, look, God will protect us from the perils of the day and the perils of the night. God will protect us from the known and the unknown. There is no force out there that is greater than the force of the Lord's protection. I don't want to take too much time, but I want to share with you a personal testimony. Just a week and a half ago, Lisa and I realized, after the fact, obviously, because again, this is one of those examples of, we didn't even know God was protecting us until after the fact. So let me start with this real quick. I'm, I'm getting a little sidetracked here. How many of you heard about that neighborhood in Guadalajara, Mexico, that basically was vaporized by that gas explosion a couple weeks ago? Did any of you catch that? Yeah, a couple of you. Anyway, that's what happened. There was this basically gas leak in this neighborhood or whatever, and the whole neighborhood was literally vaporized and obliterated. There, there wasn't, I mean, not only homes left, the, the people were gone, whatever. Well, to make a long story short, uh, a couple weeks ago during one of the monsoon storms out there in Gold Canyon, lightning struck a gas line. And literally what we were told later by SRP was that the gas was backing up in our neighborhood and that they didn't discover it till 48 hours later. And the people in our neighborhood just literally were getting sick and stuff, and they were having to come. So Wednesday night, last Wednesday, when I got home from Bible study, I get home, and five minutes later, I, literally, there's like fire trucks, like just flooding into our neighborhood from all over the place. I mean, you know, Gold Canyon, Apache Junction, everywhere they were coming from. There must have been like, all these emergency vehicles, and, and I'm going, what is going on? I don't see anything on fire, whatever. And then we realized that they were not only there to evacuate part of our neighborhood, but they were there basically to watch till SRP could get enough trucks out there to basically not only shut all the gas off, but to literally take care of this massive leak because it was so bad that they told us later that the same thing had happened in Guadalajara could have happened in our neighborhood. And that, you know... We could have literally been vaporized and our, all of our homes would have blown up and that would have been the end. Now I say all that to just say, God is our protector. And He protects us not only from the things that we know about, but sometimes even from the things we don't. It was obviously not our time to go. But I will tell you this, if that would have happened, I hope you know I'd have been happy. Because you know where I'm going. And I'm just going to be up there waiting on you. But it is just a great reminder that many times in our life, 
God is protecting us from things that we don't even know. And I think one of the cool things that when we get to heaven is that God maybe even will show us some of the things that we were protected from that we didn't even, we didn't even know about. Because that's the protector that we have. So notice what he says then in verse 7. The Lord will protect you from all harm. Now, I don't like the word from here. I think the better translation in our English is through. He's saying, look, it's not that as Christians or as followers of God that we're all, we're, none of us are ever going to go through any kind of adversity. But what the words are saying is that God will protect us through all adversity. Let me give you a couple biblical examples. Daniel in the lion's den, Daniel's friends in the furnace of fire. It wasn't that God protected them from the lion's den or from the fire, but he protected them through the lion's den and through the fire. And many times that's where we see God's protection. He won't necessarily keep you know, all this adversity from happening to us, but he will be there with us in it and make sure that we get through it. Through it. And then I love this. It says, he will protect your life. The word life here speaks about the whole. And this is where I talk about not only is God our help and not only is our protector and not only is our shade, he's our hedge. Because what the psalmist is saying is, our whole life. There's no angle to our life. There's no part of our life that God is not watching over and protecting. He literally is a hedge that wraps around and surrounds us as his people. Let me give you another example from the Bible about that. Job. Satan had to ask God's permission. Why? Because even Satan said, God, you've got a hedge about him. I can't get to him unless you allow me to. I want you to know tonight that God has a hedge about you. And if God does allow something to pass through that hedge, it's only for our own spiritual benefit and for his glory, just like it was Job's. And let's not also forget that the Bible teaches not only is God our protector, but that God sends forth his angels as ministering spirits sent forth to minister and to watch over his people. Tonight, you not only have the creator of the heaven and earth watching over you, you've got his angels, his ministering spirits sent to watch over you and your family and your friends and our church as well. So he ends with this. The Lord will protect you in all you do now and forevermore. The Lord's care and concern for us is for the duration of our lives from beginning to end and even throughout eternity. There is no point where God will not be our security, our protector, our helper, our shade, and the hedge about our life. Two verses I will leave with you tonight. One is Matthew 28, 20, which after Jesus gives the great commission to his followers about going into all the world and making disciples, what does Jesus end with? He said, and I will be with you always, even unto the end of the age. And then Hebrews 13, 5, I will never leave you nor forsake you. We're never alone. God, our protector, is always there. Listen, just as it was in their day, 
when this psalm was written and sung along the roads to Jerusalem. There's always something to fear. There's always causes and sources of fear and anxiety and worry. The world has always been that way and will always be that way. The question is not that God's going to take away every source and cause of fear. It is that God calls us, His people, to faith. Faith in Him as our very capable and reliable protector. That watchman who watches over us and is always awake, alert, and attentive to every detail of our life. God even protects us when we don't know He's protecting us. So think about that even tonight as you go to sleep. Hopefully some of you might even sleep a little better tonight. Because God can protect us from the perils of the day and the perils of the night. God is our help. God is our protector. God is our refreshing shade and defense. And God is our hedge that surrounds our life. I hope that this psalm has encouraged you tonight to place your security in the Lord, the Creator of heaven and earth. Let's pray. God, thank You for being such an amazing God. You didn't just create us and then leave us to ourselves. You are very much involved in every part of our life. You watch over us all the time. There's not a second, even a, a fraction of a second of any part of our earthly life that you're not caring for us. Because Lord, if, if you stop caring for us for a fraction of a second, our heart would stop. There'd be no breath in our lungs. We'd be gone. You sustain us physically. You sustain us emotionally. You sustain us spiritually. And God, I pray tonight that just like all of these pilgrims who were traveling to Jerusalem on the way to come together as your people to worship you in your designated place, God, we would realize that we need to worship you every day and acknowledge and be thankful for the protector that you are, for the helper that you are, for the shade and the hedge that you are in our life. And God, may we feel secure in you, not necessarily in the circumstances of this life, but may we always feel secure in you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hope you'll come back next week. Thanks for being here. We'll see you.